to the business in the front, potty in the back, podcast. podcast. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm just always waiting for you because there's always a delay. You forget to say your name and I'm just like, is she going to do it? Is she going to do yeah, it? Well, then like, it's because sometimes I think you're going first, but then when I start, I go first. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. Lauren. I'm Michelle. And yeah. welcome to the podcast, which is brought to you this week by Lauren. It's brought to you by my business, and it's actually brought to you by my free master class, Learn to Reduce Your Work Hours by Half. Now, in 50 minutes, that's five zero minutes, I'm going to teach you to stop overextending. I'm going to teach you to stay on task. I'm going to teach you how to start saying no to requests, and I'm actually giving you ways that you can say no to get out of things that you don't actually want to do. And I'm going to educate you on how to unlock the secret to reducing your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. Because guess what? If you don't want to spend your time working, if you don't want to spend your time on projects or working on things, then you have a right to say no. And this is a method that's going to teach you essentially how to you know, be more efficient and streamline your tasks so you can go to your kids' baseball games, so you can go to those birthday parties, and so you can hang out and watch TV at night if you want, whatever the case may be. So all the details are on my website at Raw Raw Consulting. That's R-A-H-R-A-H Consulting, all one word. Or you can just click down and check out the show notes, and there's a direct link there. Thank you for that. Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, and welcome to the show. We explore everything on this show from the woo-woo to helpful business and life tips you can use to enhance your life. Now, the theme for today, Lauren, is news and social media. We did kind of talk this over a lot, you know, do we do it, do we not? But I do think it's an interesting talk topic regardless of when our listener at home is hearing us and listening to us uh, talk about this particular topic. It's certainly come to a head uh, in the time that we're recording at the moment. So, you know, a few things happening, which prompted our Prime Minister to come out and talk about Facebook, which is uh, very interesting. And it was all over the news and it's great publicity as always, you know, all publicity all publicity is good publicity, whatever they say. Yeah. So negative, That's- positive doesn't really matter. But I guess I just wanted to talk today about news and social media and do the two work well together or should we be forced to go to individual sites to get our news information? So, you know, I was sort of having a think about that based on what's been happening at the moment, but hopefully this is, um, you know, pretty evergreen and that it will, you know, come up from time to time, I'm sure, over the years. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, Lauren. And I also want to talk today a little bit about social media in general, because Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's a discussion we always have, but I mean, everyone's on social media and it's really interesting. So I was speaking to someone the other day and they said, oh, I just, you know, I'm just stuck on the gram. I just can't stop scrolling. And, um, you know, so I'd like to talk a little bit about that as well, mm. whether or it's not like Pinterest, um, hey, same thing, you end up going yeah, down the wormhole. Yeah, exactly. But also whether or not these things are supporting you, um, what you can do if they're not. And so mm. I've got some um, tips and tricks as well that I'm going to throw in there, you know, just sort of on the subject. So I guess it's a big conversation. You're probably mm. going to be taking more of the journalistic approach to the, um, the news content and the way that the, um, yeah, the prime minister of Australia kind of dealt with recent situations. Mm. Uh, but then we're also able to go into a little bit more of exploration about whether or not social media is lifting you up or not. So Mm. yeah, it's going to be a good one. Fantastic. Can't wait for that. Uh, and we always like to catch up on what we've been doing, uh, during the week, what's been going on for us in our lives, big takeaways, that sort of thing. So I might kick it off if you like this week. And it's, 
been a lot about relationships. My readings, if you've heard us before, always seem to have a theme and uh, it has been a lot about relationships, you know, going pear-shaped, you know, people waking up, wanting to know if they're going to get back together. So it really has been a big theme uh, for me. But what, what I do find, there's a couple of things that I have had as a takeaway this week. One is the debate around free will. And I know Lauren and I have spoken about this because before Lauren had a reading with me, she was a bit worried about, you know, what people might say, if it was, you know, what you didn't want to hear or if it's making a prediction that, you know, it could be not, not fun um, and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't tend to do my readings that way, but I do have people come in sometimes with these big expectations. And what I wanted to say was around kind of that is that expectations are blockers. So you know, I had a reading for a lady where she kind of just wanted to know, you know, a lot of very specific things about um, an affair, you know, that her partner was having and whether, you know, he was going to sort of come back and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, we have to be very careful in this job because we can't predict free will. And, you know, I, I had another reading that I've been doing with a person I've been reading for them for a while and they're in a similar situation where they're separated. And, you know, want to know, is it worth waiting? Like, are they going to come back to me? And it's, it's such a difficult thing because, you know, people say that, you know, you're a psychic and you're this and that and so on and so forth. It's something that, you know, unfortunately people have free will. So I can tell you right now, you know, what's going on right now. This is a situation. Also, fortunately they have free will. <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I'm trying to explain this to people that they don't understand that I can't (laughs) tell them what this person's going to do. And I, you know, the way I explain it is that we make so many decisions in one day. You think about how many decisions you're going to make. What are you having your child? What kind of milk are you going to have? You know, am I, am I going to uh, drive to work? Am I going to get the train? You know, like there's so many decisions. Is it going to rain today? Do I take the umbrella? You are making decisions constantly. If I was going to sit there and try to predict every decision that, you know, your partner or whoever it is is going to make, we just can't do it. We're making decisions all the time and it's on the fly a lot of the time. And, you know, it's such a hard thing to explain, Lauren, because people are sitting there desperate going, are they going to come back? That's all I want to know. It's hard, really hard one. So that's been coming up for me this week. And I just wanted to say that because, you know, if you've got expectations, if you've got, if you walk into a uh, reading or whatever it is, wanting to hear something in particular, that's a blocker, you know, and that's when we have to do a little bit of letting go. We have to, because it's not going to happen, you know, nothing's going to change. And we just hold ourselves in that space and that energy and it's uh, damaging, you know, because you're not sort of moving ahead in your life. I'm wondering, you know, do you ever take the approach of just saying that, you know, you're worthy of somebody who wants to be with you? And, you know, if you're happy to have an open relationship, that's totally fine. But if you're not and somebody's having an affair or being unfaithful or whatever, and that's not in line with your values or the way that that relationship is, you know, has kind of been, I guess, decided upon, you know, for lack of a better example, uh, you know, do you kind of talk about looking at that person and and just going, Hey, you know, you're worthy of love, like self-care. There are all these other things because I guess when I was hearing you talking, all I was thinking about was how it's sad that, you know, somebody feels that there's not somebody else that's going to love them and treat them with that respect, like Mm. why they would even want them to come back. And I know that, you know, there's emotional attachment, kids, homes, whatever in involved. I I get it's complicated, but I guess I just think that in in a world where there's 
billions of people to love, um, why does it have to be that person? I guess. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone has their own reasons and some of this is uh, a lot of karmic stuff. You know, sometimes I've got really strong karmic ties, really strong chemistry, you know, all those sorts of things. But, you know, I'm not a counsellor, so I've got to be very careful not to sort of do too much of right. that. But, you know, I certainly, sometimes I'll have a, I might do a romance card read and it's like, leave your ex, dump them, you know, so on and so forth. And that comes out in the cards and then I can talk around that. But, you know, quite often it's new love. So quite often when I look ahead, you know, future card will come up and it'll be new love, you know, soulmate coming, wait for them, here they come, da, da, da. And it really, you know, depends on that person and whether they're willing to accept that belief that, you know, it, it, it's up to us to do the work. I can't do the work for people. So, you know, sometimes people will hear the message and they'll get it and they'll be like, yep, you know, off we go doing things differently. But other people will come out of it, go back into it, coming out of it, go back into it. Everyone has their own journey. So, you know, I just hold space. But I do want to say as well that uh, not a lot of people realize this, but every reading that I do, I get so much out of it because a lot of the stuff that I'm saying to people, you know, I'm taking on board as well. And a lot of people don't realize that. So it's great, you know, to have this experience and to hold space for these people who are struggling, you know, holding on to things that aren't good for them. And they know they're not good for them. A lot of the time they say that they're like, I know this isn't good for me, but I just need to know anyway, you know, so they do ultimately know, you know, what's, what's good and what isn't. Um, But it always makes me think, okay, how can I apply this in my life too? So I guess that's my, um, my takeaway each week is uh, to continue to do that, take something away from myself and um, take a bit of my own advice. I guess, Lauren, how's your week been? What have you been up to? (laughs) Yeah, well, just one thing I wanted to say on that. I recently read uh, a book by Thomas John, mm-hmm. and um, it's his only book. I can't think of the title right now, but uh, he's a medium as well out of the U.S., and I'll be interviewing him on The Afterlight in the next little while. And his whole book is all about the stories of the people that he interviews and the people he reads for and all that kind of stuff. And I guess just when you were talking there, you know, I know you have a book coming already, but... I was so engrossed in that entire book because it was basically story after story after story. And you know how I love the stories. Mm. And I was just wondering whether or not you're keeping track of some of these revelations yeah. you had, some of those. Yeah. Amazing, okay. Because I, I mean, people want to yeah. read that stuff. Yeah, when yeah, I got yeah. to the That's book, book I went, what? It's over? I was so upset because it was an ebook, so I didn't really pay attention ah, to what it right. ended. And all of a sudden, it was like over, and I went, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's always been my plan because I I grew up reading um, ghost books and you know stories, near death experiences. Yeah. yeah, I've um, always been into that. So I've um, I've saved all my best um, readings that I loved, and then I'll just write to the person, get permission, and put it in there. So that's always been my plan. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And I know he changed all the names and dates and things so that there's that anonymous anonymity 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 yeah you know what's funny just on pronouncing it we should do an episode on this at trivia last night um no the night before uh julie was saying a megadon she's going it's a megadon and we were talking about there was a particular um song and who was it um like brian adams or something was a brian adams song and they played the song and they said what movie is this from and she's going, Armageddon. Yeah. She's going, it's a Megadon, a Megadon. And I'm going, what are you saying? And it was like she was speaking a different language. And Deborah's going, what? And uh, she's like, Megadon. And I'm like, do you mean Armageddon? And she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. I was, she was That's like, funny. why am I saying it like that? And I'm like, I don't know. 
What's but there's no Brian Adams song in Armageddon. Hi? There's no Brian Adams song oh, in Armageddon. Oh, it's not Brian Adams. I was using that as an example. They just played a song. Okay. I, said, I was like, wait now. a minute here. I have watched Armageddon numerous yeah, I just, times. I can't remember the, I can't remember the <laughs> song. It was just, I played the song okay. this movie from. I'm with you. From, and she was singing Megadon. And I just thought, what on earth is going on here? Uh, and then I figured out she meant Armageddon. Yeah. It's funny. My partner and I have that. And I have that sometimes just also because of my accent in versus his, he's Australian yeah. and Canadian. So it's like, we're always going to have that, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah. So um, I had a kind of an interesting week too, I guess. And well, when I say interesting, I mean, I just had a couple of sort of interesting takeaways, I suppose you could say. So when you were talking, I was, I remembered this moment that I had this week and I wasn't going to bring it up and uh, you just sort of jake my, rejig my memory, but um I had some guests locked in for the Afterlight podcast and one of them had to postpone, which is fine. Like I get that happens. And then the other one forgot, like put it in the wrong calendar. So in both cases, I was ready to go. And uh, the first one, I had a little bit more time, I guess, um, to know that they were going to postpone. So I wasn't fully ready to go. But the other one, I was actually sitting, waiting on Zoom for the person. I had all my questions ready. I had prepped and all that. And they didn't show up. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, am I blocking something here? You know, am I getting in my way of like these people coming through to me? And then this booming voice in my head, in my head went, it's not all about you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I just thought, that is so funny. And it just went with in line with what you were talking about, free will. Like all these other people have other stuff going on as well. Mm. And so, for example, that person postponed for whatever reasons going on in their life, not about me. Mm. Or that other person, you know, they misplaced um, the date on their calendar that wasn't about me. That could have been a lesson for them to maybe be a little bit more careful of what, what they're doing or, you know what I mean? Mm. Like sometimes I think that we could be not the, um, the scapegoat exactly, but that we could be the catalyst for change or we could be, yeah, I, I guess it's just an it. interesting thing. Cause it's not, it wasn't all about me. And when yeah. you think about it, there are all these other lives that are going on with all their own challenges and all their own joys and all their own relationships and free will and decisions that they're making. And yet we live in our own heads. So it's very difficult sometimes to remember that, wait a minute, it's not all about me, even though I operate from the eye because I am in my own head. Mm. So I just thought that was interesting revelation in a way and um that I was subtly <laughs> subtly not so subtly reminded of that where it was like spirit when you play it's not all about right. you I went okay I hear that I heard wow. it <laughs> wow that's hot you know oh uh, it's fine it, I thought it was funny um because it is funny you know sometimes um you think oh so-and-so's acting funny is it something that I did no mm. it's because they have their own life yeah we overanalyze <laughs> Uh, it's just, yeah, it's like, in a way it's just self-centeredness mm. really. But that's, um, that yeah, is interesting so. though. Just on what you were saying, um, I had had a couple of people sort of either pull out, like I said, with Reiki that time when a couple of people pulled out last minute, there was no notice yeah. and stuff like that. So I put it out to the universe. I was like, you know, I want to attract people who are, you know, going to do this, going to st uh, show up for me, going to be there, you know, that sort of thing. That's my intention to attract people like that. 
and it's it happens you know i'm doing reiki this weekend and everyone's paid like way in advance didn't even have to send out an email to remind anyone mm. they all did it so you know it can be that you certainly you're attracting them for them to learn something but you know sometimes we can make the decision around i want people who are going to be there for me and who are going to show up so i just put it out to the universe thank you in advance let it go and complete complete change yeah. where I've got people that right. to me now. I want to do this. I'm going to pay up front or come up with accommodation. Okay. I've got people come up for the Gold Coast too, which is great. So, yeah. So you're suggesting I reframe my intention. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's okay. what I did and, and I noticed it changed. Yeah. I had to chase people for cash or anything like that. Everyone sort All of right. show up. Like so that. that can make a bit that's of a difference good. as well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, I'm addicted to Clubhouse. Oh, also. yeah. So that's going well. I freaking love it. It's so yeah. cool. It's, um, I feel like I don't want to talk too much about it because it's such a big discussion, honestly. Um, maybe we could do a whole episode on Clubhouse. Maybe we could get like an expert on there because I've been wanting to get an expert anyway for Raw Raw. So um, I'll, I'll see if I can organize that on my end. We can do that in the future. But basically the best way of describing it is it's like talk radio, but interactive. Right. And you have access to all of these experts. They've got all these rooms on different subjects marketing, sales, mindset. Um, there, was, there was one room I took a screenshot of it for my friend today because it was so funny. Let me read it to you. Yeah. The title of this room is, Can Your Man Have a Side Chick If He's Rich? <laughs> so I was, what was, I went, oh, what what was the age of the person that wrote that? Wow. No, there's 200 people in that room having this discussion. That's what I mean. It's all this, it's like live talk radio. It's as though you're going to, a conference and there are all these panelists and you pop into the the different subject that you want and if you mm. if you want you can get in line to ask a question for the panelist and that's basically what clubhouse is about it's so neat and so i've asked a couple questions in two rooms and um people have started following me a couple people sent me instagram dms where they said oh i didn't get a chance to answer your question because there were too many people you know, speaking, but here's my answer to your question. And they sent me a private DM and wow, that's it's cool. been, I've seen that I've been building a little bit more of my Instagram following just based on my interaction in clubhouse rooms. Yeah. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, my friend in Canada, she's a radio announcer. Anyway, we're going to set up a weekly clubhouse room as well. So I'll let you know. And then if mm. you ever want to pop in, Jump Michelle, in. and you can, um, you know, answer questions and stuff. So we're just working out the kind of the nitty gritty of that. But I know it's going to help me with my business to raise my profile. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, it's so very apropos of our conversation today that I don't really get inspired by Instagram or Facebook. I don't spend much time on there. It's just not for me. But I realized Clubhouse is something that is exciting to me and mm. where I can get involved but learn stuff too. So it's not mind numbing. It's just like listening to talk radio that you can also mm. get involved in. So mm. that was really cool. I really like that a lot. Oh, it's awesome. Um, and then the other thing that I was just going to say, and um, I'm not saying that. So I, as we know, I have a side hustle, <laughs> a side job at the restaurant. And uh, we have a meeting every week about, you know, basically how to make things better there. It's like a manager's meeting. And one thing that I brought up a couple of months ago is I said uh, that we need to identify our yes people in the business and make sure that they feel supported and encouraged and heard. Because I had heard that some people, you know, um, 
maybe we're going over and above. And I thought it was really nice for them to get that appreciation from, you know, the managers and, and the higher ups kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So to make a long story short, the owner, he, um, he does that. So he, he'll take somebody every month and he'll take them aside and just say, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and give them a gift certificate. And I just thought that's just such a classy way of, you know, letting your team know that they matter. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that if our listener at home has a team, has people that they work with, uh, that sometimes taking them aside, you don't have to give them a gift, but just letting them know that they matter and that they're spending their time with you, you know, is, is kind of seen by the person. I just think it's a really powerful way of team building and winning the hearts and minds of, of your business. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we get, you know, performance reviews. I know back in the day when I was in the company, we used to get performance reviews, but it was, uh, quite a lot of the time it was, um, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, that, you know, thing wasn't great, you know, we got this complaint, that complaint, and it wasn't very uplifting and it was always terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I think that even in an in opportunity where you do performance reviews, if they're like, you know, monthly, two-monthly or less often than that, it will be good to at least get some, um, you know, of what you're doing right, you know, mixed in with that as well. So I think there's always opportunities to to do that, but I don't know where the managers, you know, sort of, do it enough. And so I really support that because at hung- when I was at Hungry Jacks, we used to get team member of the month and that was awesome. And some of the radio stations I worked in was the same. They do team member of the month and you'd get like a voucher. They actually gave someone a trip to the Whit Sundays one month. That was in the company, wow. a different, yeah, different station. So yeah, it's interesting. There's um, a lot of ways you can reward people. And I remember just being really excited there because, you know, they'd read out the comments, like you'd have to vote for someone, but you'd have to say nice things about them and they would read out what the person had said about you. And I love that because like, it's not the kind of thing that, you know, you would hear all that often, but yeah, it was like, oh, you know, I love this story you did and you covered this really well and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, oh, wow, that's so, so nice. And I think that we, um, we definitely need more of that. So I fully support that. Yeah. And I think that we do take people for granted as well. Mm. Well, they should be lucky they have a job. Well, well, these days, yes. (laughs) These days Uh you are. You are. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in, Lauren. So this is all based around Facebook and restrictions and access to news and all that sort of stuff. So we know that our news feeds were affected kind of anyway by what we can see because of the algorithm and all this sort of stuff, but it was just interesting. And I put Scott Morrison, the prime minister's speech into our notes here, but basically the crux of what he was saying was that Australia has officially been unfriended. And this is a big deal. You know, this was like making major headlines, all of this. And I just can't, I found it quite hilarious at the time. I mean, I don't work in the industry anymore, but if I was in the industry, I would have been crying my eyes out. Uh, but when I was reading his comments, I was like, wow, for the Prime Minister to put together this massive speech and this huge thing, you know, to address this. And it's all about Facebook. I thought, my gosh, how times have changed, you know, like how times have changed from the traditional kind of news to the Prime Minister addressing something like this. So I just thought that was really interesting. So I was reading back on um, an ABC story about this and it was basically around, you know, what is news and whether, you know, certain pages don't fit into that sort of traditional news genre. Basically, certain pages sort of didn't fit into the traditional sort of news genre. So they were sort of uh, taken out of our news feeds. And this is because there was a um, discussion, there was debate happening in the federal government 
over whether Facebook should actually pay um, for Australian content it runs on its site. So that was the debate. So there was a debate happening in government, in federal government, and Facebook was getting its nose um, out of joint over that. So based on that, you know, then we're looking at the definition of, of what is news, you know, what kind of, because it's called a news feed, you know, so what is news, what, what could appear and what can't appear and, and that sort of thing. So, and basically, yeah, Facebook was um, being, maybe being have to, maybe being forced to pay for the Australian content uh, in particular. That's what singles us out from the rest of the world. So that was where the, um, the debate was. So in response to that, Facebook said that government pages shouldn't be hit um, by the changes and, you know, anything that would be impacted by that should be uh, fixed or will be fixed. So, look, the, the law doesn't provide clear guidance on the definition of news content. And that's what makes this interesting and this whole discussion interesting. It's kind of a very broad definition. Now, there were things like the posts by health authorities. So stuff about COVID, you know, that sort of thing would be impacted uh, and was impacted. Um, emergencies, you know, fireys, police, you know, all that sort of stuff, weather warnings, all of that content was removed. It, it disappeared. And stuff by the news outlets, obviously, um, appearing on news feeds as well. So it was just such a big change. And I know a lot of people were very, like, really noticed that because your news feed just became all about, like, there were still ads in there. You know, there were still ads in there. There's a lot of, I guess, posts by your friends and stuff like that. But, yeah, the news all kind of disappeared. So, that's why I thought it would be interesting to talk about. That has sort of been, it is being reinstated, you know, in this present time, it is being reinstated. So when people listen to that, it might be, um, might be totally back to normal. But I think that it was just interesting in bringing all of that debate out in the public. Um, and that's why, yeah, I thought it might be interesting to look at that and the definition of news, you know, as well. Well, I don't read a lot of current events because I just don't really care, I guess you could say. It's probably mm-hmm. a pretty harsh way of putting it, but it just, for me, it doesn't lift me up. I just feel very often that I'm not interested. Um, but what I do know on this subject, so please correct me if I get anything wrong here because mm-hmm. I'm not an expert, but my understanding of what you said and what I've read is that the government was considering and in debate with Facebook about whether or not Facebook should be paying correct. to have these news articles on their site. Okay. And then when Facebook said, we're not going to do that, um, I think the government went up in arms and then Facebook said, well, we just won't have that content on our site. If that's going to be the problem, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, my opinion on that is that Facebook is a free platform. And if you want to put your content on there and reach the masses for free, then you should, that the fact that they wanted Facebook to pay is absolutely ridiculous, I think. I also know that when we worked at the corporation, we made money from our websites and Mm. we made money from our websites because we were bringing in web traffic to those websites. And I know you specifically brought in hundreds of thousands of pages to those websites, which actually justified people being on them and, and sponsoring sections and having ads on the website. So these businesses were making money if they had set their business up in that way from the traffic that Facebook was sending them again for free. Mm. So in my opinion, it's absolutely completely ridiculous that they would ever think that Facebook, who is offering a free service, would pay for content that they can get from people for free. Mm. So, yeah, just on that, remember when they changed the algorithm, when Facebook changed the algorithm, and basically that was to get people to spend money. 
So business owners, uh, I guess like the company or just business owners like myself now, they change the algorithm, which means that, you know, unless people already know about my page, if I post stuff, they're the only ones that are likely to see that, you know, unless anyone else has commented or looked at my page recently. So with the algorithm, that's a way of forcing me as a business owner, the company, whoever else, to pay to get their content seen, to be able to get people to the website. So I think the algorithm changed a lot of things. And that was Facebook, in my opinion, you know, throwing its weight around a little bit and saying, well, this is a, you know, people are getting everyone to their websites and they leave it for a, a comfortable amount of time, you know, so you get used to this. It's like, this is how things operate. I get all these people on my website. They've got the advertisers, fantastic. And then they don't, then they change the algorithm and you're like, oh, hang on. Like people aren't going to be able to get to my page anymore. How are they going to find me? I remember we all freaked out. I remember we all talked about it. And then it's like, well, the only way to get them to your page or to see your content now is to find other ways of, I guess, promoting, you know, the fact that you've got stories going up on there or you spend a bit of money and do Facebook advertising. So it was a way of them forcing us to advertise, you know, spend money through Facebook really. Mm. So, you know, I guess that's a flip side of, of that. Facebook is a business though. So Facebook is a business. Mm. And so how else do do people expect it to continue to go on, Mm. you know, if they're not making money? And one thing I will say though, Michelle, is that I freaking hate the new algorithm for exactly what you said, because I put up these awesome posts on Rara Consulting's page and they get like nothing, no say. And so one thing that I realized, and this is if, this is of interest to our listener at home. You can just head to Rah Rah Podcasters. I did a whole interview with a woman. I'll put it in the show notes actually on Facebook groups because Facebook groups is actually where you can get a lot of, uh, you can kind of get more traffic basically. As long as people have joined your group, then they're mm. more likely to see the content in your group. Whereas if they just like your page, you're competing with all the other pages that they've liked. So there's a lot of weight being pushed um, into getting people to start up groups, which I know was, you know, Facebook did talk about how they really wanted to support community. And, you know, that was kind of a big part of their motivation. For, mm. for doing these changes as well was because they wanted to create a platform. So they say that was a bit more supportive than I think what had been done originally mm-hmm. or what had it kind of morphed into. So yeah, but the organic reach is awful. It's horrible and you mm. do need to pay. Otherwise yeah. it's all in vain. It goes nowhere. I'm kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because um, when we were debating this, Lauren, whether we do this or not, and we we're sort of like, is this going to apply, you know, to other countries and the rest of the world? And at the moment it doesn't, but what the, the PM was sort of saying was that what Facebook was doing sort of confirmed concerns that an increasing number of countries, and I'm reading a quote by him, are expressing about the behaviour of big tech companies who think they're bigger than governments and that rules should not apply to them. And uh, the next comment was time to reactivate MySpace the day Australia woke up to a Facebook news blackout. So that was one of the uh, headlines that I saw, which I thought was great, time to reactivate MySpace. So it's like, it's amazing. The whole thing, I just found it hilarious. But yeah, it does apply because, you know, the big tech companies, they, they do, they have a lot of money behind them. They've got a lot of backing. So it's, you know, one of those things, it's a great example of that, the power that they have to just go, bing, it's not there anymore, you know, and that uh, has, has had a big impact. So 
you know, my former job, as I alluded to before with the company, was sort of based around this. You know, my job was to put news stories out there, get them into news feeds. Yes, the algorithm affected me, but we kind of got through that. And the way that we got through that really was with what I was talking about before, doing the bushfire coverage, doing the COVID-19 coverage, you know, those big emergencies, keeping people up to date so that they, you know, would come to our site and that people would, it was basically word of mouth. I was relying on word of mouth in the communities. And my intention with my stories was to get, you know, the conversation happening. So people were in the comment section. So if people are commenting in the comment section and tagging their friends in, which is what happened a lot, then that's how other people come across. So that's what I'm trying to do. Or that's what I was trying to do in that job. So that's how I got around the algorithm was to provide the best coverage possible with, you know, emergencies, you know, bushfires, weather events, whatever it is. So people would tag their friends in and then they would end up on our page as well. And it seemed to work, but, you know, I feel like it's sort of easier and faster, you know, when you've got an emergency, like a bushfire, you know, you've got the fire crews that are putting stuff out about the actual fire and where it's going. And then you've got the police putting things out about road closures. And, you know, so you have different emergency services dealing with different aspects. You've also got the council, you know, putting out stuff about the bushfire, where it's going, road closures, you know, whatever else. And then, you know, you may have evacuation centres, which is council. So you've got, you know, sometimes three or four different groups or organisations putting out information, which means people would have to, if it wasn't in the newsfeed, go to those individual pages um, and all the websites. So I think like, you know, in times of emergency when people are potentially, you know, if there's a sick shelter warning coming out or, you know, a really severe kind of bushfire warning of some description where people have to prepare to evacuate, that it's much easier for it to be in that newsfeed. They can just click F, you know, follow. And so everything that comes out in there, they can, they can see, you know, the latest updates and stuff like that. So for me, I just, I feel like it was almost um, like quite dangerous, you know, not to have um, all of that in one place. And I know we haven't always done things that way, but, you know, we saw with the Black Saturday bushfires, people lost their lives, you know, because they didn't know they, um, they had to get out and, and they didn't get the message. So, yeah, I think it's just such an interesting, interesting debate. And I'm really pleased to see that some of this is sort of reappearing and um, back in people's news feeds. Um, I was under the impression that Facebook said that was a mistake that those pages got caught up in the algorithm because they didn't individually go to all these pages. They would have had like a, an algorithm that just did a blanket kind of do these things link back, you know, um, that kind of content. And that's why mm -hmm. they all got caught up. So I do remember that there was a statement around, you know, the, the fact that some of these pages got caught up community groups and stuff that mm, community that groups maybe but I'm more talking on. about the health like um the health organizations and um you know Queensland Fire and all of those guys where they said I think um, that was a mistake though from their uh, algorithm I don't know it might be I was talking to my journo friends and they all said um because a couple of them work for health and stuff and they said that it um it is officially classified as a news organization Queensland Health and I'm talking Queensland, but yeah, Queensland Health's considered a um, a news organisation. I've got a girlfriend who works in the department. That's what she was saying. So that's why they got um, omitted. And I was like, well, that's where all the COVID stuff's coming from though. So yeah, no, it is considered a news organisation. There may be some others that, you know, got caught up in it, but um, certainly the official kind of guys, um, anything government, where they're putting out updates. Yeah, they got omitted from the feeds because we're having a very heated debate over lunch at a Greek restaurant um, about this very issue. Did you have anything you wanted to add in between before I continue? Or? 
Yeah, I was just trying to find their statement that they talked about how these, um, how they accidentally got cut up, but I, okay. I can't. I'll keep, find I'll just it. continue and then let me know if you find it. One of the issues, and I had a girlfriend of mine who's actually created a, what she calls like a COVID safe kind of barrier. It's like a little barrier thing you can put in doorways, like at shopping centers and whatever else, and you kind of walk through and it gives you a little spray. And it's got some sort of antibacterial kind of material in the water. So it sprays you as you walk in the door. And she did this big story and uh, Chris Reason interviewed her, who's a very well-known journalist in Australia. And the story got wiped. So they put the story up. She got the publicity. It was great. Um, There were a lot of people commenting, negative, positive, whatever. It was on 7 News and then it got uh, deleted. So when the whole thing went through with Facebook, a lot of the news content that was already there was deleted. And I was like, wow, I don't know whether that was like a mistake or whether that was, you know, part of what you're talking about where some people got caught up in it, but yeah, her story disappeared and it had only been up there for like a week or something. So I was like, wow, you know, all the work that these journos put in to, you know, put the stories and especially TV. I mean, radio is one thing, but TV, you're, you're doing stuff, you know, you're editing, you've got visuals, you know, all this thing going out and talking to people in person. And then um, the stories were, were gone. So I don't know whether they've been reinstated or not because um, I haven't followed up with her, but yeah, the um, story got pulled down as well. So even content that people had already um, produced was um, not there anymore on Facebook. It may have been on the website, but yeah, not on Facebook. So yeah. Well, that would have been part of the algorithm would have taken into account all scheduled posts and stuff like that. But I guess I know that there's a lot of talk to about people when they talk about uh, conspiracies or challenging subjects like that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. these people's content is just being removed. Uh, which, you know, gets into the whole conversation of freedom of speech. Speech, yeah, and democracy. Uh, Which is really important. But, I mean, it's kind of like when we were, you know, in radio school, we were always drilled, you know, people listen to you as the authority. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of, you know, news articles or pages on Facebook that are posting up content, they need to be aware that people read it as the the facts and Mm. as the truths. So. The story that you just talked about just seems like there's no problem in that at all. Mm. Um, but I guess it just came under the blanket statement. So I also yeah, found so. that that um, basically that statement I was looking for, but it's really kind of vague anyway, but I'll just read it. It says, Facebook's vice president of public policy for the Asia Pacific region said he's sorry for the mistakes we made in some of the implementation. Um, This is in relation to the controversial ban. He said, this is a really hard thing to do. We've never done it before. So we're sorry for the mistakes we made in some of the implementation. There are still some pages that we're looking at, but some of it's really difficult in the law because the law isn't clear. And Mm. therefore there may be some pages that were clearly not news, but actually the law they might be. So I guess that goes with what you were saying about health statement would be a lot would be a news article yeah 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 what's the definition um, i mean yeah i mean people blog you know people blog about you know different topics and things like that and really i mean it's not news officially but you know they could be talking about a news something that's in the news you know that is a a news item uh in their blog so yeah it's a a hard thing to define i think that's uh, really really tricky well it's kind of like bloggers and anybody's a journalist now Mm. Right. I remember, I mean, there are some, there are some websites like Reddit, I guess would, could be one yeah. where it's some um, news that's being curated and generated by the people who 
are on those platforms. Yeah, so everyone's yeah. sort of a journalist now. Really? I um, agree. Yeah. It's the same with photographs. You know, we rely on people for photographs, whereas you used to have to have the newspaper journalist go out and take the photo or the photographer would take the photo. But now it's like anyone and everyone can just send their photos into media outlets and they use them. And I did, you know, I used photos by people in the general public. Well, that's also a, um, a revenue decision as well. It's a mm. lot cheaper to get, you know, the population to fund yeah. your news as opposed yeah. to sending out a freelance. Exactly. And also people can't be everywhere at one time, which is no. the other challenge. And for you, like you were based in one area, but you were writing news for everywhere, a whole state. So you well, could be as well. possibly anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. how is that supposed to work? So I guess, you know, what are you, do you have a question here or a position or are you just trying to explain that this is a thing that happened or uh, did, did you have a question earlier, or like a statement you were trying to get a resolve on? Well, I guess I just wanted to pose to the listener at home whether or not they feel like, you know, news should be a part of the newsfeed. Like, do you want to see it in there, you know, or do you prefer like Lauren not to, um, not to be seeing, you know, general sort of things that are happening at the moment, you know, stuff like that. Would you rather just have it as like more of, you know, for business and advertising and stuff like that. For me, I like to have the balance. I like to have the um, occasional news thing pop up because even with the headline, you can get a lot of information. I'm very busy with my work. So I'm often on Facebook because that's where I promote my business and where I get my clients booking and stuff like that. So I'm often on Facebook for that reason. And I find that I don't have time to have the TV on. I'm all, last night I was working till nine o'clock at night. So I didn't watch any news, listen to any news. I wasn't in the car. So for me, it's a way of me going, oh, okay, that's the headline. That's what's happened today. That's, you know, Victoria's cases or whatever's going on. So I'm like, I, I kind of stay up to date that way. So for me, it's helpful, but I guess I just wanted to post to the listener at home. Is this something that you, you know, like that is in there that you've got that content or would you prefer just to have the business and advertising? To be honest, I don't love ads and things like that, you know, popping up and I do see a lot of them. So for me, it's a little bit of balance, you know, having uh, a mix of both. Um, One thing I will say is that I don't have any issue with news being in the newsfeed. I I hope I didn't give that impression. I just don't read it because I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any, I mean, I don't spend time on Facebook really ever. Yeah. So if, I, if I'm if i on Facebook, it's because I'm in the groups that I'm in and that's it pretty much. Yeah. So I don't really scroll through my news feed unless I'm scrolling through the, the content in relation to the groups that I'm in. That's pretty much yeah. what I care about. So yeah. for me, I have an iPhone and that means that there's like a news app on there and I can mm-hmm. click on news. And then if I want to, which sometimes I do, I'll flip through and just sort of see what's going on through my news app, but I guess I don't look at Facebook as my source of news or Mm -hmm. as my curator for the content that I want to look into. Mm -hmm. So, so let's say uh, just to pose an example or a a hypothesis, if you know, you're in the middle of a, I won't use cyclones as an example. Well, I mean, cyclones are probably not a bad example, but cyclones or bushfires, if that's because last time you were saying, oh, you know, there's a cyclone around and, you know, um, we could get a lot of the rain and stuff. Um, if there was something like that going on, how would you like stay up to date? How would you, um, stay across like road closures, you know, all that sort of stuff that different, um, I go to Google, I go to Google and I type in whatever. So, um, I was typing in radar, cans radar. Um, and then I just click on the top articles based on what their subject is. Mm-hmm. So if it said, you know, cyclone, blah, 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 then I would click and go directly to the website. Mm-hmm. I don't go 
you know, I would never, I would never jump on the Facebook page. And for my information, I would just go to Google and look, go to the direct website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Cause I just sit on, I would sit on Facebook cause it's all comes through there. So yeah, it's just interesting, different people. Yeah. I mean, for a bomb, I mean, I will go to bomb for, um, if there's like a weather warning or something like that, but if it's more around, you know, the road closures and all the different things and like a bushfire or something, then I'll, um, yeah, generally go to the feed and see what's coming through about it. Um, and also cause I like to read the comments, what different, different people are saying. Uh, so tools to improve your life, Lauren, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Well, yeah, I had a couple of things I want to talk about social media in general as well. So I think that it's really important that, um, you know, people also are able to identify whether or not social media is something that actually serves them, lifts them up because I've actually been talking to a lot of people lately and that's not the case that they, um, that they are probably addicted to it, honestly, that they, you know, spend all this time on their phone, scrolling, 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 and they don't want to, that they, um, I remember one woman I was in a, a mastermind with, and she said that, you know, oh, as soon as I open Facebook, that's it. That's me done. <laughs> and I was like, what, you know, that's you done went for the afternoon or you just lose hours and hours of your time. And mm-hmm. so I guess that, you know, I just want to, wanted to bring that up. I I spoke to someone the other day and they said, Oh, I'm just addicted to the gram. Like I just keep scrolling and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, one of the things that is important to do is to identify if it's not something that you want to spend your time doing that you come up with alternatives of things that you can do instead. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of that whole, if you want to get up early in the morning, but you don't have a plan for the morning, well, you're never going to get up early, but if you have a plan, then it'll help to motivate you to actually do the work, like Mm. get there and do that thing. Mm. So, um, you know, I said to her, well, if you don't want to be on social media, what else would you do instead? And it was like, well, I would read or I would meditate or I would do these other things. Uh, And it's funny because I kind of had this similar conversation with a few different people. And one person said, ah, now I just love it too much. Like it's almost as though they wanted to not keep, being on social, but then at the same time, they weren't Indeed. actually willing to make yeah. it a priority. Mm-hmm. But then somebody else said, okay, well, I understand that, you know, maybe if I start to implement these things in my life, uh, you know, for example, I suggested that maybe you have a window of opportunity in your day, maybe you set an alarm or something like that. And that's when you check your social, but then after you're done, then you're done. And mm-hmm. then you go and you move on to do something else. And again, it comes down to, you know, sort of having a plan plan for that. So one thing that I would really uh, like to let people know about, and I'll put a link for this in the show notes, is that if you are having a challenge with um, say no to social media, there are so many things that you can use out there, tools to help you to uh, avoid social media basically, or just to set those boundaries and those limits. So for example, there is a a free app called self-control And basically, you can actually block your own access to these websites, uh, to anything you want. You can actually say, let's pretend you keep checking your Gmail and you're trying to get a job done. You can actually block block your access to Gmail for a certain given period of time. And then after the timer expires, then you'll be able to go back to that site. So some people do need that kind of, you know, cold turkey or that sort of really structured, you know, they can't just close the browser. They need to actually mm. limit themselves and put that in. So uh, a site like that would be maybe a really good idea, a good alternative that's primarily for Macs, but I've also put a couple links to um, 
for non-Mac users, including a list of uh, a, a blog which had a whole bunch of um, apps that you can use for this exact thing. And then the other thing too that I was going to say, and actually do you, I'll talk, it's kind of part of the party element. So I guess I'll, I'll stop speaking and let you sponsor the party element, unless you had inspirational things that you wanted to chuck in as well. Um, the only thing I was going to say here, Lauren, it's a little bit different to what you're talking about, but um, I was ch- talking to some people this morning and this will time with what we're talking about next week, but just talking about, you know, vaccinating and all that sort of stuff and COVID and, you know, different things. And it's like, you know, there's just so much fear. Like when I was listening to them talk to me, I was like, there's so much fear. And I, I do know because I was staying across this 24 seven, you know, when I was in the company and putting all this stuff in social media as, as news stories. And there, you know, was so much fear around um, that. And I, I just always say to people, because I'm more spiritual, you know, is we, we don't want to focus on what if I get this? What if I go near a person and they sneeze on me? We don't want to get to that place because then we attract, you know, that sort of stuff. Like we don't want to attract that sort of stuff. So what I was just going to say is, you know, it's good to be up to date, you know, certainly stay informed. Um, but you know, try not to look too closely at it. You know what I mean? Some people are like this news bulletin, that news bulletin, reading the papers, where's the latest infection, blah, blah, blah. And I think we can just get too engrossed in it. So, you know, I just feel it's better to get a bit of a balanced opinion, be educated for sure, you know, have a look at the pros and cons of getting the vaccination for you, whatever it is you know, stay up to date, but, you know, try not to get into the whole, you know, fear thing, because I just think that attracts, you know, not, um, not great things into your life. Um, okay. So getting into the party element, lightening the mood a little bit. Um, this week it is brought to you by my business, Michelle R. Price, Lightworker. I am on Facebook under that title. I'm Michelle R. Price on Instagram and a bunch of different things. My links are in the show notes. If you ever want to get in touch with me, I'm a medium. I also read Oracle cards, angel cards, I'm an intuitive um, and I mentor. So I help people discover their gifts, develop their gifts. I teach Reiki, I'm a Reiki master and I'm a healer, pranic energy healer as well. So I do beautiful reading, healing combos and things like that. If you feel to look me up, I also do a lot of Facebook lives and, and that sort of content on my page. So if you feel to look me up, Michelle R. Price, a light worker on Facebook. Great. So I know you said that lighting things up at the party mode and that's really what oh, they're supposed to be about. Is not yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I guess oh. it's just, I'm trying to actually just say, I guess I kind of look at the party mode, the party and the inspiration really sometimes are similar, mm-hmm. but in relation to this subject, I really just think that it's important that we get it. We get aware of the screen time and how much we're spending on our phones. So the party element is basically to like, you know, have a look at your screen time and see where you've been partying on social media for this Mm -hmm. entire time. So for example, um, I've got screen time set on my iPhone. That means I can look back and see what I spent my time on. So for example, on Wednesday, March 3rd, let's say just a random date, uh, I spent, and I'm bringing this up because I just want to show you that I, I am loving Clubhouse because you just listen on Clubhouse. I'm just going to say that, but I spent three hours and 53 minutes on Clubhouse. And because I was looking at that date and went, wow, I was on my screen for almost six hours that day, but three hours and 53 minutes was on Clubhouse where I just literally had my phone playing audio. Right. So that all counted. Mm-hmm. I was on Instagram that day for 27 minutes. I was on Messenger uh, for 17 minutes. So that's throughout the whole day, reading and responding and that sort of thing. That's how I keep in touch with my family. 
I was sending text messages for a total or sending them or reading them for a total of 19 minutes that day. I was on the news that day for seven minutes, Google for five minutes, Facebook for two minutes and Facebook messenger for one minute. And then it goes on and on and on. So that's just a random day, but it's really interesting when you actually spend time and go, okay, well, you know, what did I spend my time doing yesterday or mm. last month or anything? And I what find the total there six hours. Was it six hours? Five hours and 44 minutes. On yeah, my right. phone. yeah. But for clubhouse, I didn't, I'm not sitting looking at my phone it's beside me yeah. while I'm working on something. Yeah. But that being said, it's really fascinating when we go, wait a minute, how much time am I spending on my phone? How much time am I spending on these social platforms? And then not only that, but what do I have to show or, you know, to, to prove from it or learn. So for me with clubhouse banging on about clubhouse again, uh, I'm learning a lot as well, which is really interesting. So it's almost like I'm listening to, uh, mastermind classes for the entire time. So for me, I think it's a good return on investment. On Instagram, I guess probably what I would have been doing was sharing content from um, Business and Party, from the other podcasts that I'm on, from my page, and commenting back, liking, that sort of thing. I don't really spend a lot of time scrolling, although I have done that uh, before. I'm not saying I don't do that, obviously. But um, for me, I think 27 minutes on Instagram is too long. I think that 21 minutes is plenty enough time. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I don't know why I have that number in my head, but very often that's been my average on there. So I guess going above my average makes me feel that I, I kind of want to check, check that in or, you know, I guess that, that day's Racist. long gone now. But um, yeah, so I just think that if we can just get aware of where we're partying on socials and on our phone, then we can make the decision as to whether or not it's serving us. I mean, I've talked to some people who spend six hours on Instagram a day. That's insane. Six, hour, six hours. That's a, that's a lot. You could do so much with six hours if mm. you wanted to. You could learn an entirely new language. Yeah. If you spent six hours a day working on that. The other thing that I spoke with this sleep expert um, in my podcast before, and I was saying to her, you know, should we have social media before bed and this sort of thing? And she said, one of the things people don't talk about or be on your phone before bed, one of the things people don't talk about is what Michelle was talking about before, which is the content that we're reading, the content mm. that we're seeing. And for me, one of the reasons why I choose not to read a lot of news is because of the fear, is because of the pain, is because of the sadness and the, the darkness of it. I don't like that at all. I love on Instagram those good news channels, good news movement, um, tanks, good news, those pages. I love them. And I spend a lot of time watching dog videos because they make me feel good and they're funny. Mm. And, you know, that's what I enjoy. So I think that it's also in relation to the conversation about news and social media, you know, how much news do you really need to read? And how do you feel after? Mm. For me, I feel drained and sad. Uh, and I just don't want that in my life. I would rather have a peaceful, harmonious life of, you know, joy and yeah, maybe ignorance is bliss, but if I'm not in a position of being able to enact change in a certain thing, then I don't see why it's helpful that I read that story. Yeah. For example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, it's not so much social media that I'm commenting on, but it's, it's difficult sometimes to stay away from the news because, you know, I went to my, um, a family birthday, a milestone birthday on the weekend and 
I was, um, I was sort of, I was saying to my husband, I was like, oh gosh, I was a bit nervous about them asking me what I do for a living and stuff like that. Cause some of the family, you know, I don't sort of speak to all, they don't follow me on social media or whatever the case may be. And I was sort of anticipating that, you know, people might ask about the redundancy or something like that. And cause I hadn't seen a lot of them, you know, since then, since I was made redundant and, um, yeah, no one asked. And it was all about COVID. It was so strange. I was like walking around to different, you know, groups of people and all I wanted to talk about was COVID. Every single new person I walked up to was about COVID. And no one actually said to me, yeah. like, what's going on with you? Like, you know, um, the redundancy, like, how are you going? Like, no one actually asked anything about, yeah, what I'm doing. It was all just all about COVID this, COVID that, COVID did this, COVID did that. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. I read um, in that book with um, Thomas John's book, he said that when he gets asked, he sometimes says that he's a counselor or he does counseling, mm-hmm. things like that, just so that he can avoid that kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, I want to let our listener know at home is that if you would like to join us, Michelle and I are having a party on Tuesday. We sure are. So that's going to be kicking off at, we're aiming for 8 a.m., Australian um, time, but Eastern standard time. So if you just, uh, depending on where you are and we would love for you to join us, we're going to be on for an hour celebrating the day that we were made redundant, which was the day we were made free. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're happy to answer your questions. We're happy. If you want to bring up any points from previous episodes, you want us to expand on, or if you just want to hang out, then that's great. We'll be there for an entire hour. And again, that's coming up on Tuesday which is March 30th, 2021. Again, depending on when you're listening to this, you may have missed it, but if you missed it, that's cool. Go back. It'll be on our feed. Yay. Fantastic. Now, Lauren, coming up on the next podcast, I did allude to this earlier, but I just thought it might be an interesting conversation. And I know it's going to get some people really riled up and and things like that, because we all have different opinions about this, but my thought was to talk about vaccinations. And we know that there are vaccination debates around with COVID and, and stuff like that. But, you know, generally speaking, it's been around for a long time. You know, certain ingredients used to be in vaccinations, making kids sick or whatever the case may be, if we can prove that or not. But it's just an interesting talk topic, I think. And we have, you and I have probably different opinions and we were just talking about this off air. So I think it'll be interesting, an interesting conversation to have uh, around this and also around maybe restrictions that might happen um, if you're not vaccinated, you know, so potentially being sort of made to um, have the vaccination or you don't you know, travel or, you know, different things. So we'll uh, be talking about that next time on the podcast. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Business in the Front. Party in the Back. Podcast. Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you did enjoy what you heard, and uh, we do do our best to get lots of good little takeaways and bits and pieces in there for you. So hopefully you have. Uh, And if you did enjoy it, please tell everybody you know. Uh, Spread the word, tag people in on Facebook. If you want to like us on Facebook and you can tag your friends into our page or share the page with other people, Business in the Front, Party in the Back, that would be wonderful. And if it didn't really float your boat, Lauren, what should uh, the listener at home do? They should keep it to themselves. Yay! Great episode. (laughs) Yes, thank you. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you.